Trials and tribulations, life can get rough. And through the storm, we'll make it just put your trust in him. No matter what you're going through, I know that I'll never leave you. You feel that you can't take no more. You may think you've seen it all. Thank you for listening to the Get Happy with Jay podcast. I'm your host, Jatan Woods, and joining me today is our regular show co-host and community activist, Karen Wilson, and returning guest entrepreneur, Michael Hurt, who is the brand ambassador for Indigenous Protocol. Hello, hello. So welcome to you both, and thank you for being here. Thanks. The subject for this podcast episode is the cancel culture. First, let's define what we mean by the term. According to Wikipedia, cancel culture is a term used to refer to the phenomenon of canceling or no longer morally, financially, or digitally supporting people, usually celebrities, events, artwork, such as songs, films, or TV shows, or things that may have deemed unacceptable or problematic. It's been defined as a call to boycott someone, again, usually a celebrity who has shared a questionable or unpopular opinion on social media. Cancellation often arises in response to a person's comments or actions. First of all, since this is a relatively new phenomenon, I was kind of surprised that such a clear definition even exists. I wanted to address this topic because it speaks to some of the many problems associated with social media and how much of it takes up space in our lives. As with all things internet, there are opportunities for so many good things to come out of people being able to unite. But on the flip side, it can cause us to divide in just as many ways. So first up for both of you, what immediately comes to mind when you think of cancel culture? Um, I, I guess my thing, the most recent thing that I can think of would be the whole um, collective boycott of Gucci and uh, Givenchy. I think it, I, I know Gucci for sure did the blackface. I'm not sure about the other one, but yeah, I was like, which I was kind of sad about that because I had just discovered the the cologne. <laughs> not that anybody would care, but I was like, I'm I, I, when I'm committed, I am committed. So so that's the first thing that comes to mind, and and then I have seen. Um, I know T.I. has been very, very vocal. He's like, you know, nothing Gucci, like nothing. Even his own kids had to like, his whole outfit, they're like everything. He's like, well, I guess I can't wear it. He's like, no, he's like, and they're like, haven't you been on Instagram? That like went up like two weeks ago and the little kid was like, no, I didn't know. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't necessarily have done it personally to people that I can think of, but I don't know. I know that for me, I immediately thought of the whole brouhaha with Kanye West and with his recent remarks a few months back about saying that slavery was a choice. Mm -hmm. And so that automatically came to mind. So how about you, Michael? Um, the first 
thing that comes to mind is when, when I think about, you know, cancel, just to say the word itself, uh, is the court of public opinion. You know, society or social media is the judge and the jury, and they decide what happens. You know, um, be it something you said or something, it could even be, you know, implicit, something you didn't say. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, that that comes to mind. And and when I when this topic sort of arose, I was thinking, I was like, man, cancellation. And and believe it or not, I even surprised myself. Paula Dean came to mind. Yeah. That's the first mm-hmm. cancellation that I ever really saw, like dismantle a brand. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I think it starts to become a little tough and a little nuanced because it almost weighs heavily on us as individuals and sometimes I think too much pressure on us to have to think too much about the cancellation culture. Mm -hmm. And then you have to think about how much are we infringing on someone's rights, on someone's personal rights, their freedom of speech, even if it's something that we don't like and it seems like heinous and offensive to us Sometimes you have to stop and ask yourself, you know, as awful as whatever it is, is the person also has the right to say it or feel it, even if it's terrible. What do you guys think about that? I agree. I was, I was, as you were just saying that, I was just thinking, I I read a little article um, that this lady wrote, and her name is Dorothy Musariri. I'm not even sure I'm pronouncing that right. But she said something that really jumped out at me, and what she said was, she said, we have to be careful about this whole (coughs) cancellation culture because there is a certain arrogance attached to it. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is because it, you know, you have this arrogance, then it fosters this world where no one is able to make a mistake. Mm -hmm. Then that right there gives rise to bullying. It's seen as a form of bullying. It's just by yeah, it's a mass almost like group a of people. Reverse yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. So I thought that really. I was like, wow, I never really saw it like that, you know. So you can. It's like a wildfire, you know. It's kind of like, you know, way back in the day or whatever. I, I don't know if the laws are still like that now, but you can't yell fire in mm-hmm. in a crowded room. It's the same thing, you know. It could be a prank, but nobody's taking it as a prank. They're taking it for real. Oh, really? He said that. No, I ain't buying this stuff no more. He's like, no, 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 no. I didn't say that. Could, could I? Could you guys just listen to me? So yeah, it, that that's kind of a spin on it that I thought was very interesting. Yeah, and I think sometimes some people can be misunderstood because even back to the Kanye thing, um, <laughs> and it, it was kind of inarticulate in how he said it, but as he had opportunities to further explain right. what he meant, right, 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 even though it's still wasn't right but I think his heart was in a better place than we assumed it was Mm -hmm. just by what he said Mm -hmm. so I think it leaves room to all sorts of interpretation and therefore misinterpretation as well right you have to look at all sides of a of a conversation and and where you fit in that conversation because the minute you hone in on one part and then not be open to the other like you said it, it just starts a whole um, mountain of things that, you you know, just spins out of control. Yeah, snowballs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big time. And that, and that's the thing. I mean, because you look, you know, I was looking in this a little bit. I mean, you got, you got, let's not forget it, like uh, R. Kelly, Liam Neeson, mm-hmm. um, Bill O'Reilly, Charlie Rose was like 
after, I would say after Paula Dean, Charlie Rose was the next big one. I was like, like he's been on like since 10 years My before I was life. born. Like <laughs> I don't ever remember television without a Charlie Rose. And he's done just like that. You know, so, and, and the other thing I think that is really important, and this is kind of something that keeps surfacing in my mind, when you, when you cancel somebody, it doesn't matter what you think, you're setting a precedence. Mm-hmm. You're, it doesn't matter what you think, you're setting a precedence. You know, and, and I said I wasn't going to get political today, but I'll just say this, and I promise you I won't say anything else. But it's just kind of like that guy that's in, in the White House right now. The Dems are really gun-shy to impeach him. And I'm like, what's wrong? Why won't you? If ever anybody in the history of history deserved to be impeached, like if he can't be impeached, nobody should ever be impeached in this world and the world's to come. Mm-hmm. But it's because they're like, we don't want to set a precedence. Mm-hmm. And, and what they're saying is, you know, the precedence in that we'll be in control one day and that'll come back on us. But my thing is to not impeach him is, an, is a precedence as well. Yeah, it absolutely is. I completely and agree. I, can, I understand the difficult position that they're in because the very nature of impeachment is so <clears throat> political and the fact that the Dems in the House can impeach, but it's not going to go all the way through because mm-hmm. the Republicans in the Senate are not going to impeach no. this president. But at the same time, um, they were even saying with the investigations that are going on now and how he's trying to block certain things and block subpoenas, there's more judicial power with them if they do the impeachment process because then they have even more rights and access to documents and things that they need constitutionally. So they have to examine it from that standpoint. Unfortunately, I don't think they have the chutzpah to do it right now. I I know they don't. And (laughs) therefore, they're saying, you know, let's take it to him in 2020 and take it to the vote well we don't know what's going to happen we've already been attacked by a foreign power okayed by this individual they are not doing anything to stop russia or who or anyone else Mm -hmm. from interfering in our elections Mm -hmm. we still don't even know how ballots were affected in 2016 so to leave it up to this election in 2020 is dangerous you can't just think, oh, yeah. we'll just vote him out. No. Well, there's all kind of trickery and chicanery <laughs> going on, so there's yeah. no guarantee with that. So, and they're constantly they're constantly changing laws. You know what I mean? So stuff stuff happens. You know what I mean? So legislate this, legislate that. Uh, you know, and and so for them to let that roll to the next administration, for one, and morally, is not fair to that administration. For two. I mean, it needs to be nipped in the bud post-haste like yesterday, mm-hmm. you know, so. But I think one big argument that people on the far right make, and I I think it's too much of a generalization, but sometimes it's right that people on the left are too darn sensitive about everything. And that's uh, yeah. a part of what I want to talk to about today is that we are a nation that is too sensitive that sometimes we do take political correctness to the extreme 
that you're almost scared sometime to open your mouth. And when I think about like freedom of speech, I equally think about even freedom of religion, you know, and how with some people it's like, if you say you're a Christian, you're automatically vilified. <laughs> they automatically want to call you, you're a homophobe, you're a hater of this, this and that. That's and true. that's another one of the freedoms that's, that's important. It's, it's, it's protected by the constitution, but yet that is also attacked. Like you can't express yourself, whether yeah. you're Muslim, Christian, whatever, Hindu, yeah. without being attacked. And I think that the sensitivity thing is off the charts. What do you guys think? I mean, do you feel it too, that people are just so overly sensitive that you can make any little comment yeah. and not have any ill intent and someone is going to Somebody's have a problem with it. it. Somebody's mm -hmm. gonna take it there. Yeah, they are. And it's just, yeah, you, that's what America is, if freedom of speech, freedom of free will, If um, we should be able to do whatever we want, however we wanna do it. But the minute you you know take that step, then somebody feels uncomfortable, well then it becomes a thing. And it's almost to the point now you can't even like sometimes you might make a statement and it's like you said you have nothing behind it you're just saying it out loud just to kind of like hear what it sounds like out loud and it's like oh you're thinking that why are you <laughs> saying that you know and then it just starts yeah. a whole thing yeah you know and you don't and it's just it's almost like the comedians when they were talking about you know when we're working on new material um, social media and everybody with their phone you know he said we don't have the time or the the um, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for but anyway he's like we're trying to do new material and we don't have a way to work it out because then somebody films it and it gets on Instagram or whatever and they're <laughs> like oh he said such and such yeah. and he's like no I was just trying something out you or know they take like a little tiny snippet mm -hmm. right. out of context uh, well, uh, totally out of context yeah that you can take out of context yeah and that's just like uh, I was just sitting here thinking I was talking to a friend of mine two days ago about there's this term out there now now called toxic masculinity oh i want to do a whole show on that i have so many <laughs> wow. thoughts on that. so so this is this is all i'm going to say on that toxic masculinity in my in my opinion does exist but let me tell you what it is not it is not the bass in my voice it is not because i might have my hat on just a little different than somebody else it's not it's none of the in other in other words anything that's associated with you know the masculine man that God created that's and, not toxic and let's be honest i think that term is targeted towards black men it is targeted, more than absolutely. anyone it is it is absolutely. because if you look at i pay close attention to hollywood so i don't have any other way to say this if you are have androgynous tendencies or you know you might be a masculine guy but you've got a little you know you kind of have a little femininity going on you know and, and I don't judge anybody on that then you probably will be in the running for the role mm -hmm. but you just can't be a manly man you know what I mean you can't do that you can't even do that most of them even the ones that have facial hair I've worn facial hair for years but even the ones that have facial hair it's still a little little upside to that you know what I mean so uh, and I was looking at a uh, I won't even say this person's name because I, I love his clothes and he's the reason I do what I do but I saw a ad on Facebook and it was 
what appeared to be a black male and a white male. But they look so that they could, it could have been a female. It could have been a male. You don't know. And that's the marketing at its best. We're trying to target everybody. And that speaks to the whole, that's so interesting that you brought that up because that speaks to the whole non-binary, I don't associate whether I'm male, female. (laughs) I'm like, what? what? You're either born a girl or a boy. Let's just leave it at that. But then... And then somebody was talking about, which I said I did have a problem. Okay, I got to pay for my cancer medicine or my diabetic medicine on Medicare and Medicaid, but yet Medicaid's going to pay for, for gender reassignment surgery. Stop the books. I had, yes, a, fr- I had a friend that, mm, I had a friend that, and he actually, I'm not one to debate, but I like a good debate every sure. now and then. I admit that. He was ex-military. I've never been in the military, but I'm from a military family. And I was telling him, I said, I really don't see why they're not allowing these people to go into the military because they may be, you know, wanting to change their sex. He said, well, here's the deal, man. You can you can say what you want to say. He said, it is not right for them to go in and then hit the government with that bill to change their sex. And that's their whole plight anyway. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. said, okay. I mean, I, I respect that. Mm-hmm. He said, that's not right. He said, that's nothing against someone having gender reassignment. He said, but when you're using the government to make it happen and they're paying for it, mm-hmm. nah. Yeah, I can totally I got to agree with him that. on that. Yeah, yeah, I do too. I do too. You feel how you feel. And if you want to <laughs> make that that decision then that's on your dime. I shouldn't have to pay for that. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be taking money away from me to pay for that. And that's what he was saying. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And again, that the whole sexuality piece of it, there's a whole sensitivity to that that, you know, sometimes can go to the extreme. And I'm the type of person that, even with my Christian faith, no matter what I believe personally, I treat it's my policy to treat everyone with respect. Whether or not yeah. I agree with your lifestyle, your choices, whatever yeah. you want to call it, I respect the fact that you have the right to do that. But at the same time, I don't want you being you overly pushing me and saying, because I'm this way, you have to believe. Right that it's okay and it's like no we have rights too what you need to be concerned about for me as a straight person is how i treat you right as long as i'm treating you with dignity with love and respect i'm not discriminating against you then leave me alone (laughs) i agree and i mean not to be offensive but i treat everyone with love you would never know how i feel about it because i'm going to treat you just like anybody else Right, and you should because that is your Christian. God had everybody at the table, Jews, Gentiles, and everybody. Thank you. So, yes. <laughs> you know, and the, and that and that but some people think that they are better than others. Right, right. And right. their their comfortability and everything is is above it everybody. It goes else. beyond. Yes, yes. Like it does. God they forbid have to, like, pound it on your head that they are Right. Great. And it's mm-hmm. like God forbid I not call you by yeah. the correct Pronoun. Right. That is correct. I yeah. don't yeah. get it. I don't, if I don't yeah. understand, yeah, I mean the the letters. I'm like, I and then I I heard um, this transgender lady was talking about how they want us as straight women and as straight men to label ourselves. That I can't just say I'm a woman, Michael. You can't mm-hmm. say you're a man. Mm-hmm. I'm cisgendered female. 
you're cisgendered male. And I'm like, excuse me, I'm a woman. Yeah, that'll never have come out of my mouth. You know, but it's like <laughs> they want us to change yeah. the definitions yeah. of ourselves. And I think that speaks to that oversensitivity mm-hmm. that's on just this high right, alert. Right, right, right. And it's like, we just all need to get over ourselves. Just treat people with love, dignity, and respect and leave us alone. <laughs> and you know, I've always... I've always subscribed to this. Crisis breeds opportunity. Mm-hmm. And, and so just to k- kind of expound on that a little bit, it does breed opportunity because, like, you got sensitive and then you got you're a little bit oversensitive, you know, on that. And sometimes people are like that because they're trying to create a vacuum, or, so to speak, inside of a, of a, of a system to, to – um, you know, to to uh, fortify what they what they believe in and what they're looking to do, and a lot of times it's a te- if you trace the roads all the way back, it's about money. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's I saw that whole Bill Cosby thing go down, and I posted some stuff on Facebook, and you know, I, I had a very um, actually it was a relative of mine just really went in on me, and I was like, all right, you know, and that's fine, you know, I. She didn't say anything disrespectful, but I totally, nor did I, but I totally disagreed with her, you know, because how that played down, you know, I'm hitting her with words like Matt Lauer, Harvey Weinstein, you know, I'm just saying little stuff like that, you know, and she's just like, you know, but I'm like, you can, you know, be uncomfortable with that if you want to, but it's the truth. And see, so what happens is it kind of, uh, you know, it goes from being, uh, I would say, horizontal to vertical, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like, Okay, now y'all doing it like this, but okay, so since you're doing it like this, why are you not treating this person like you treat that person? I mean, it's so many pockets. It's like a, it's like a, um, an onion. It has layers. I think it puts us, and this is a, a, a big comment and, and section of what I want to talk about, as being a person that's black, sometimes when we look at these same issues, we look at them from a different lens, so to speak, because even when it came to like addressing Bill Cosby, Michael Jackson, R. Kelly, mm-hmm. I got a lot of flack for how I dealt with it because I am a number one survivor supporter uh, and I will be the first one to admit everyone is not always 100% of the time telling the truth. That's true. But that we should be able to be able to have some discernment to be able to believe survivors. So, okay, so I addressed it. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I understand the nuance that it just seems like when you look at it that it's only the black so-called predators that are being targeted. <laughs> like everyone talked about Bill yeah. Cosby for months. Then it was R. Kelly and R. Kelly. Right. Then it was a whole Michael Jackson posthumous brouhaha about whether he molested kids or not or whatever. But there's that thin line that even though you don't you don't like the idea of black men being targeted as as the only predators, but at the same time you cannot think that that behavior is okay either and right. condone That's exactly that. Right. So I, I see both sides yeah. of that argument, and sometimes it just feels unfair as a black person that you do have to kind of look at it from yeah, both yeah. lenses. I mean, do you kind of feel that oh, sometimes yeah. additional pressure, yeah. even with this cancel culture? Yeah, and that's, and that's actually what happened when I said that one of my relatives <laughs> kind of uh, went in on me, as they say. And that's what she was speaking 
her comeback or her rebut was more like, um, yes, but that's wrong, and he did what he did was wrong, and he should be punished. And, and, and I even said a couple of times, I'm not saying he shouldn't be punished if he did it. But what I am saying, even though when that went down, it probably was a, a different culture at that time. I'm not even using that as an excuse. What I am saying is there is a difference between how Mr. Cosby was treated and a Matt Lauer. Absolutely. When I, I used to watch uh, the Today Show, not so much anymore. <laughs> But he used to have a segment, when I really watched it, mm-hmm. he used to have a segment on there called, Where in the World is Matt Lauer? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where in the world is Matt Lauer? Can somebody answer that for me? Nobody can answer that. No, because free. he's free. free he's as a bird. somewhere chilling with his hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, untouched. And he is not going to go to jail. No. Not and a day. I would be not shocked if Harvey Weinstein goes to jail. Too much money. Too much money. Or either any of these perpetrators and this Epstein guy who they have bodies on him that he would you know have you heard about I can't remember his first name I think he's like a a famous producer or something white gentleman in Hollywood his thing is he would bring kind of like transient Mm. uh, black men to his home um, get them high on meth and other drugs have sex or whatever Mm. Two or three of these black men died in his home. Mm-hmm. Mysterious circumstances. Mysterious. And he's a free man. Yeah. And for all we know, he's a serial killer. Right, right, right. And I don't think he's even been questioned at this point. And it's like, this is ridiculous. That's the thing. That's the thing that th- this is. Okay, first of all, let me just say this. I probably should have led with this. This very topic is, 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 a, is a much needed narrative. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's actually... Th- it needs to be talked about. Uh, but that said, you know, when you say things like what you said, Jay, like, you know, okay, yeah, this is wrong, but I'm just saying they both are wrong. So how come this guy gets 900 consecutive years of prison and this guy has not seen the inside of a jail? That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Wrong is wrong. wrong is That's wrong. all I'm saying. I'm with you when you write. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, okay. ride or die. Yeah, yeah, ride or die. <laughs> and, uh, and and that's mm. been my, that's been my whole thing too. Is if 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 you're gonna if you're gonna persecute, then persecute them all and persecute them all right, the right, same. Right, 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 right. But there was definitely a difference between what happened because Cosby, they're like taking his plaques away. They took his statue down. That's they so took sad. all his stuff. That's everything. so sad. That's so sad. And you can't deny his legacy for what he did with the Cosby show in a different world. I'm sorry, I will still watch those Me shows. Too. Because that was part of our lexicon and culture. Exactly. And they um, want to pull that though. Right. They right. They that. did. They did for a little bit and then that affected everybody else, the the cast, the crew and everybody else that was on that show. That's why Jeffrey Owens was at Trader Joe's cuz he was trying to make it happen right. for his family. So when you go in like that, you have to think about those situations, or nobody thinks about that. I'm I, I'm always the, I guess a global citizen, if you will, and I and I think about that because <laughs> I was like, you know, syndication is like the best for any show. For any show, everybody gets paid. That's you what know, you aspire to. Yes, right, exactly. right, right. So when that dries up, then everybody gets hurt. And I mean, they were trying to just, like you said, mute him or get rid of him or whatever. And I'm like, slow your roll. I said, he, he 
set the tone and the pace for all these shows that things. came afterwards. For a lot of things. Yeah, for a lot of things. And I said, we can't deny that. You know, that's that's not to cut you off. No, that's okay. That, they did, they're, not, they're not doing that to Harvey Weinstein. Not at so, all. So here's the thing. They tried to take this. They removed that. They wanted to mute that. But let me tell you what they didn't do. Giving back all the millions of dollars that they donated to them colleges. Right. How about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about that? Let's talk about that. Let's That's something else nobody that. wants to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, there are some HBCUs who are only existing to because this of day because of the tens of millions mm-hmm. of dollars he and his wife, mm-hmm. Camille, donated. That is correct. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to talk about that. And so mm-hmm. here's the thing. Um you, you got to eat the whole loaf, okay? So you can't, it's what we call on my job, cherry picking. You can't cherry pick. Stop grabbing the low-hanging fruit, okay? Mm-hmm. Who can't do that? Who can't do that? But the point is, whenever I've ever engaged, which has been very few because it's very controversial, when I've, when I've ever engaged in a conversation with someone about what we're talking about, like a Bill Cosby or a Harvey Weinstein, I, I tell them straight up. You know, I'm, I tell them straight up, it is not fair the way they did it. Not saying that Bill, although I personally, I personally would like to say, you know, uh, there was some opportunity on both sides. Okay, so if you're, if I'm a guy, and I'm going to use myself because that's safe. If I'm a guy, and someone comes to my house at three o'clock in the morning, I'm just making something up, and I have on a robe, and they insist on coming in. I'm going to scratch my head. Why are you here? I don't think it's to talk. So so that's that's kind of what I'm saying. Let's let's just be real. Let's call it like it is. I totally agree. I totally agree. <laughs> yeah, and I addressed that on a podcast that regardless as to what Bill may have done in the past, my problem with him being in prison was for this case. Mm-hmm. This was a case that had already been litigated. Yes. This woman got anywhere from three to four million dollars and in said agreement from that. Sure did. Gag he order. was supposed to gag order, he was supposed to be free from any further persecution for that case. Mm-hmm. And for him to be put in prison for that, it, it's wrong. I got a problem. I have a problem with the with why he's in prison. He's in prison. Not only is he in prison, he's legally blind in one eye, if not both, and he's like 82. I'm sorry. I I don't see the threat. I I don't see the threat. And that's the thing that nobody wants to talk about. Let me get on MJ for a second. Michael Jackson. Wow. Wow. Okay. They've all but exhumed his body and put him on trial. Mm-hmm. This is what I said. This is a very controversial statement. If you're going to exhume his body and put him on trial for that, I want you to exhume the bodies of all the other people, especially Caucasians, slave owners, who were serial rapists, who raped children. Raise them up. Well, my sister and I were talking about... Um, how about uh, Elvis or Jerry Lee Lewis? They were predators. Um, you know, yes, nobody and nobody is saying mute Elvis. But it was Presley. okay. But it was yeah, okay. it was okay then. Was okay. Yeah, because he, I think Elvis and and Priscilla, she was like she was fourteen. Fourteen. She's fourteen. Okay, I thought it was sixteen. She was fourteen. 14. He okay. wished it was sixteen. Yeah. Okay. She, yeah. All right. So <laughs> hey, so I'm like, like I said, if you're gonna persecute all, persecute them all and persecute the same. That's all I have to say. <laughs> yep. But. I think with this cancel culture that we have, we're not giving people room to grow 
and to change. Right. Because I can look at myself and not that I've ever been like a horrible person, but I've certainly made my share of mistakes. And if there was to be a movie screen that popped up right now in this room <laughs> to show both of you stuff that I did 20, 30 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you might not want to be in the room with me. <laughs> I'm just keeping it real. I no, I no, showed I, I my wild oats. No, I get it. You I know, get it. I had my fun. I made my share of mistakes. I get it. I have yeah. my share yeah. of regrets in life, and I've I grow. I've grown as a person. So don't judge me based on who I was 20 years ago. On my worst day. Uh, yeah, my on worst my worst day. day at, at the worst point of my life. I'm the worst life, person. You're gonna throw me away. Right. Don't throw me away for that. <laughs> you know, look at me and judge me for who I am today, the person I am sitting in front of you. And I think we all deserve that, no yeah. matter how yeah. horrible we may have been. Let's touch briefly on, and I don't know if you guys have heard the whole Kate Smith um, saga. She was a woman that, and I think she's in, she was in Philadelphia. She's a person that her version of, God bless America or something. One of those anthem songs that they play at, at, at baseball yeah. games or whatever. Yeah. And her statues have been taken down because she, like in the 30s, sang the song uh, entitled That's Why Darkies Were Born. Right. And it talks about, you know, darkies were born because someone had to pick the cotton and someone had to sing and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. a couple of really racially insensitive songs. And people are upset because they're saying that she changed. And they did read a transcript from a speech that she made, which was really eloquent and actually lovely. And it was against racism and it right. was like pro-tolerance. And that's another one of those things. It's like, do we cancel her and her legacy right, based right, right. on these horrifically right. racial, racial songs that she sang in the 30s? Or can we look at who she was and in this speech she made in like the 60s or 70s yeah. that was actually lovely and talked about right. tolerance and was against racism. Wow. It's like, which is it? So it's like what that example you just you just said was a, was a great example. And I'm just sitting here thinking. Um, so that was a, a, a nasty song. Okay, let's just agree that that was a nasty horrible. song. Horrible song. Okay. <laughs> but this is what I think. This is what I ask myself, and I don't really know if I have an answer to this or not. Mm -hmm. How much of that, how much of that has to do with that era mm -hmm. and what was permissible back then? Mm -hmm. I don't and know how to answer that. it was very permissible then. Yeah. I mean, it, songs like that were common. Oh, she was yeah. the Star Spangled Banner and, and the whole second verse of that. Exactly. Because exactly. And as a kid, we were made <laughs> to learn, you know, you had to learn the Pledge of Allegiance, Star Spangled America the Beautiful, all those songs. All that stuff, yeah. All that stuff. Yeah, and, I, yeah. and I always felt like the Star Spangled Banner was such a difficult song. I did not know about the second stanza and how it talks about, you know, slaves and all other stuff. But my thing was... I didn't was, either. <laughs> yeah, until they brought it up. But my either. thing was, I just thought America the Beautiful was a better, should be the, our, our national anthem as opposed to Star Spangled Banner because I just thought it was a prettier song. Yeah. You know, and, and easier yeah. to sing. Yeah. You know, because everybody butchers Star Spangled Banner. Let's just... You know, let's just keep that 100 right yeah, there. Yeah, no, no, that's true. And then I thought, okay, well, if we're going to be, you know, this whole inclusive thing, how about singing the Black National Anthem? I think we should do both. I think we should, too. You know, too. and, and that one, too. 
I, I mean, I've been made to sing the Black National Anthem, <laughs> and I know the first part, but I said, that is an awful long song. And in the eyes of, of Dorothy Hyatt, I said, you should sing all the stanzas, but most of the time, everybody always does the first one, and that's yeah. that. <laughs> just, just real quick, I wanted to touch on something, mm-hmm. too. Like, we were, the word sensitivity, you know, we were talking about sensitivity. And as a black person, uh, I feel like I could say this because I've dealt with it myself, and I still contend with it. Um, Black people, and this is going to sound cliche, but black people are kind of like a dog that's been kicked too many times. Mm -hmm. So they don't know in some cases, and this is not condescending or to say they're not intelligent enough or, you know, you know, monolithic or whatever. They don't know when to be offended sometimes. They don't know if they should push back or not. Okay, this is just crazy. Now what are we marching for? Pretty soon we ain't going to be able to go down to the corner store. Just about. <laughs> or sometimes in that vein, and I'm so glad that the perfect segue because I wanted to talk about yeah, that. Yeah. But I think sometimes the opposite is true that you can get like so caught up in stuff that you're angry all the time. Yep. And that's something that I really have to guard my mm-hmm. spirit against because I Man. can't go on Facebook, I can't go on Instagram, I can't go on Twitter. 24 hours without seeing some horrific video clip of some black person being brutalized by the police, yeah. either that yeah. or some living while hashtag living while black moment where someone, usually a Caucasian female, is calling the police on someone for nothing. Breathing. And it's like sometimes I wonder, I know that we have more access to things like this because everybody has a camera on their phone and we're all recording things but sometimes it almost feels like that there's an intentional unseen force that keeps shoving these images at us Mm -hmm. to keep us angry Mm -hmm. and upset Mm -hmm. and it's like I really have to to check myself and Mm -hmm. a lot of times I don't even bother watching those videos because it can just get into your psyche into your soul to where you feel like, oh my God, this is going to happen to me at any moment, or you're just so angry and ticked off. And it's like, I refuse to let anyone control my emotions to the point where I feel that way. But it's mm-hmm. easy to feel that way mm-hmm. and to where you feel offended all the time. And I just had an mm-hmm. incident that happened mm-hmm. in my neighborhood. And I thought after it happened, I'm like, I think I just had a, a living while black moment. In front of my house, we don't have a driveway in front of my house. Um, our garage is detached. It's in the back, but we have spaces to park in the front. The other day when we came home, uh, there was a tree removal service on the street. So, And someone that were parked in one of our spaces and then someone else had parked in the other part. There's a space that's up by the side of our house that if we pull into our neighbor's driveway, we can kind of like pull over in front Mm -hmm. of our house and kind of make a park. Well, my husband had done that, and one of his back tires was like touching the neighbor's driveway. (laughs) Big whoop, right? In all the 15 plus years of living in that house, there's been tons of people in and out of our neighbor's house. So, and my husband, and I even kind of looked at the car and I just kind of jokingly said to him, I was like, part of your tires in the neighbor's driveway not blocking it at Mm. all and we didn't think anything about it so my husband went to move the car that night when the tree removal service people left and there was a note on our car and the note on our car was from our little young caucasian neighbors who live in that house 
that yeah. said, uh, we don't appreciate you blocking our driveway. If you want to use our driveway from now on, you are to come knock on our door, ask our permission to pull in the driveway up to your house. Now, mind you, they knew what, and they even put in the note, they were like, well, we know if there was tree removal and that, that you know, you couldn't park. Well, so then duh. The yeah. Then why did yeah. you say something at all? And so I had to sit there and I chuckled at first, but then I read the note a couple of mm -hmm. times and I'm like, yeah. I am, I own my house. Yeah. I've been here over 15 years. Yeah. I have never had a problem with anybody. Yeah in this neighborhood. This is a neighborhood that's like black, white, and Mexican. And we have always had peace. And I was thinking, how dare you yeah. tell yeah. me what yeah. to do in my yard yeah. Yeah. and to not pull in your driveway to get to my yard. And I had to make the decision in wow. that moment, am I going to be <laughs> not aggressive, because it wouldn't be aggressive, assertive, mm -hmm. and deal with this? Or do I ignore it? And I chose to ignore it just for my mental health yeah. and well-being. But yeah. the very fact that I had to sit there and take time to contemplate right. how to handle this, I'm like, I just had a living wild black moment yeah. well, you're better, at my own house. Yeah. You're better than me because I would have been like, okay, face, please use your inside voice. Because I think I would have gone over there yeah. and been like, what is the meaning of this? Yeah. You know, I mean, why would you even take the time to write the letter in the first place? Right. Second of all, if you saw the car, the, the uh, truck <laughs> out there, I mean, let's just committee this out. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so, so why did you even start that unless you wanted to engage, you know? And see, that's the thing, wow. because wow. had I went over to the house mm -hmm. and even was speaking the way I'm speaking to you guys now, Aggression. what are the chances yeah. are that they would have called the police oh, and we would have had, and we would have had a whole incident over that. That's so sad. And then the thing about, you know, you are to come and knock on my door uh, and ask. Basically, I told my husband, you, I said, yeah. uh, that's never going to happen because mm. first of all, if you did go over there and knock on the door, then they'd say, you were being aggressive or trespassing right. doing that. Right. So it's right. like, uh, goodbye, Satan. You're not setting me up on that one Man, either. That's, that's a really, right wow. Yeah, you did. Oh, oh yeah, you, you did do the right thing. And, and I, I just knowing me, I'm just sitting here trying to see how I would have handled it. I would have handled it the same way. You know, yeah. because it's kind of like, and, and, and I just, again, I, I, I preface what I'm about to say because I've had conversations with people at work. I work with a lot of Caucasian people and a lot of them are from rural Illinois. They're not really used to being around black people, so I, I don't allow, you, you, you don't get to say that, you don't get to do this. Um, and I even, at work, it was this particular incident, this Caucasian guy called, so there's a guy I work with who's, who's also African American, black, um, he's really dark skinned. So this guy lives in what they call the sticks. He lives way out. So he was talking to him and he couldn't get his attention. So he said, Hey, Blueberry. Oh. My, my head did that. Oh my God. My what? head, my head did that. My head oh. did that. And the guy, oh, and the guy that he said that to, I pulled him a, cause he kind of exchanged with him. Like, you know, like, he kind of tried to, I think, play it off like he didn't really hear that. So I pulled him aside. I said, let me talk to you for a second, man. 
I said, do you go by the name Blueberry? I said, I'm sorry, it's a fruit, you know, pretty good at that. I said, but, I said, I said, but um, he called you Blueberry. And, and you know what? I, I really, to this day, don't know how to take it. He, he, he called me Blueberry? He swore up and down. He didn't hear that. And this is how I ended that conversation. I said, you know you heard him call you Blueberry. I said, I'm offended by that. I said, and actually, the way things are set up here, uh, you know, in this particular climate, and even at my job, I could go to HR on what he said to you because I'm offended. I said, man, please, if you, if you, if you uh, okay that type of stuff, man, please keep it away from me. That, that, that really, I said, you understand he wanted to call you something else. You know, it's kind of like when President Obama was, was giving, uh, speaking, I don't know if it was, it was some type of a speech, the State of the Union, and the guy said, you lie. That's not what he wanted to say. Yeah. I mean, it just puts you in these <laughs> tough positions. That you get tired of. That, yeah, it's like you it. get kicked so many times, but it's like for your mental health and well-being, sometimes you just have to just let it go. Mm-hmm. Like I had to do in that moment. Like I could have blown up and like let it ruin my day but I chose not to like no I'm going to be the peace loving sensible person here and ignore it but it's like those wow. those kinds of incidents wow. that wow. makes you feel pressure because I shouldn't have been put in a position to have to even have to contemplate what right. to do in a situation like that so mm. what do you guys do because you know we always um, keep it positive and it's a learning moment so how do you take care of yourself? Because it does require a certain level of self-care when you're dealing with these things. What do you guys do to keep yourself mellow and chill and being so positive as you all are in the face of sometimes this adversity? Because <laughs> it's, so, it's important to Great do. Question, you have yeah. to do it yeah. because it can just blacken your soul and it can turn you into a jerk right, if you right, let right, it. Right. Most, of the, most of the time, you got to call on Jesus. <laughs> like, I need this saying. job, please. That goes without saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You just have to say, You're I need kidding. this job. And, and I don't want to wanna go to jail today. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to go to jail today. So you have to put that thought first. Yeah. yeah. Then you dial it back and say, okay, now maybe I need to go to the restroom for a minute and chill and then come back. Because especially what I do, I said, I, I work and, uh, with... Um, a lot of people all day and sometimes they can be uh, it's just the public and sometimes the public can be rude yeah. and you just have to be like okay I know they're older like you said that era and stuff like mm-hmm. that and then I'll be like okay <laughs> I'm gonna dip for a minute and then I'll be back <laughs> yeah how do you handle it Michael um what I what I what I do is and this is this is it's it's for health but it also helps it, it ministers ministers to the mental as well i work out i try to work out about four days a week yeah that's important i try to work out about four days a week you know get those neurotransmitters going you know get that positive stuff going i try to my eating habits have really done a i mean i i eat pretty healthy i even gross myself out like you're gonna eat that you know but yeah that's that's what i do and the other thing i do as far that i don't do is like those videos i used to watch those and i just found myself actually i felt like the angry black man and that's kind of how they want to portray us anyway i'm not coming to work mad i'm not coming to work mad you ain't gonna make me mad so that's what i do i just i try to um you know, I'd say about three or four years ago, I really started reading and studying about energy. Mm-hmm. You know, growing up in the church that I grew up in, we didn't talk about energy. 
energy. Yeah, we grew up very similar. Very strict. Very okay. strict. Holiness very strict. church. Yes. So okay. so so the so I started reading about energy and yeah. it's like this thing is real. The ether is real, man. Like really, what you put out there will come, come back. back and I've had That's that experience. What I tell yeah. People yes. and the clients that I work with, what you put out is what you're going to get back. It's coming back, man. So put out positive, great energy, and that is what's going to return to you. That is that is, that is, that is true. Everybody, like, right. you want to be treated right. and be kind and courteous. And and, and even, I've, yeah, I've worked in the public for over, what, 20, 25 years, something like that, and you get better results being nice right. and calm than being abrupt and abrasive. And you know, calm, when you yeah. are that, yeah, when you are that yeah. way, because I had a situation um, uh, a couple of months ago, and I, because I, I said, what person doesn't want to accept cash? Cash and Trump credit every time. Well, come to find out, when I got there, she had already done her deposit. Now, this is two o'clock in the morning when I finally show up at this hotel. At that point, I don't care about your deposit. I just want to be able to go lay down. Right. That, that's all I want. Right. And um, and we went back and forth. And like I said, I've been in sales. I know. So I said, don't try and upsell me. Don't try and do anything because I'm just going to come <laughs> right back on you. And so so then she's like, well, we don't accept cash after midnight. And I was like, wait, what? Okay. And then I said, okay, well, if I go to the ATM and you bring you my ATM card, where is the nearest ATM? And she had no idea. And I said, okay, so this is how this is going to go. You're going to take this money. Right. Give me that key so I can go lay down. That That's all I want. I'm not, I said, I'm not making any phone calls. I'm not going to the pool, not doing nothing for that hundred dollars. Incident. there'll be none of that today. <laughs> and if you need to get, and, and I have found the power, the power of get a supervisor. And I would wait, <laughs> get one, go do it yeah so we went back and forth for about 10 five ten minutes and i wasn't back down she wasn't back down right. so finally she said okay well just so you know i said duly noted on the policies won't happen again but tonight i'm getting that key and i'm gonna go lay down so then she leans down and makes my perfect change so there's a difference between not being able to and not wanting to big time and that and and big i should have been one of those like you big said time. i could have went and called customer service and got her fired if i wanted to mm -hmm. but i didn't want to be that person mm -hmm. so i just said okay and she gave me my little six dollars and then i finally got that key and went upstairs and laid down and had the yeah. perfect time but <laughs> i was calm just like i could have been angry because i was like again i told her i said listen you don't want to get behind me today. It's right. not a good day. Right. Not a good day. But get you know, from behind yes, Satan. yes. But and I, and so I warned her, but I, I, but I kept it together. I kept it together, and I talked just like this. And I said, if you need to get a supervisor, do it. I will wait for you. Wow. But I'm not leaving this counter without that key. And I just wow. made it clear. So then we finally handled it. Got it. Got it together. <laughs> well, let's also end on a positive note. And speak briefly about someone who I don't think has a chance of getting canceled by any of us anytime soon. At least I hope not. Did either of you get a chance to check out the iconic Miss Beyonce Knowles Carter in her Netflix documentary Homecoming? Not yet. I did. But I, I may watch that this evening. Amazing. That's Michael, what I've heard. You have to check That's it out. That's what I've heard. We've mentioned HBCUs here and, and the whole thing. Homage. Yes, she does. She paid homage to that. Yeah. It was the biggest, blackest, most wow. beautiful thing. Wow. I so heard anybody that. is out there under the sound of our voice. <laughs> 
and yeah. you are needing some black excellence and positivity check it out and i was so proud of her and so pleased because she is at the celebrity status level that really does transcend race big time big everyone time. loves her she yeah. did not have to make that coachella performance so no. black yeah. no she didn't she could have gone no. out and done her usual thing which is you know her beyonce thing which is fun phenomenal in and of itself mm -hmm. yep but for her to reach back and pay homage that's what I, to these that's HBCUs, what I, yeah. I mean, it's a piece of art that I hope we never forget. She has set the bar so high for that type of performance. I was just absolutely blown away. I was proud. I was left smiling. So if you have wow. not had a chance to check it out on Netflix, please do. It's homecoming. Um, and if I only if I had any kind of criticism at all, it's that I wish I had seen even more of the behind the scenes mm -hmm. because she um, did some of that. But I wanted to see even more like more that, yeah. why did you pick this particular thing or this imagery? That's I thought they were going with that. Yeah, that, I thought it was going to be more of that, but yeah. it, it was most of the performance. Right, but right, she right. did dip in and out and talk about how she got there. It was it was also great for. Uh, female body image for her to be real about what her body went through because she had just given birth to twins yep. like months before yep. this yep. and the reality that you know she was so much heavier than she was and, and that she had to work to get the weight off so that you know how celebrities look like you drop 100 pounds in a month and it was a more realistic mm -hmm. portrayal of what actually happens to a woman's mm -hmm. body so everything about it was just excellent and it'll put a smile on your face too. Yeah, definitely gonna check that so, out. So <laughs> Beyonce yeah, awesome. is not getting canceled anytime <laughs> soon. No, no. So I wanna say a very special thank you to my co-host Karen Wilson and to my special guest Michael Hurt. And before you go, Michael, is there any news or anything upcoming from your amazing brand indigenous <laughs> protocol you are so kind well actually there's always something on the uh, in the hopper as they say uh, right now I'm in the process of uh, as we spoke before we start airing um, trying to kind of get more into drop ship the other thing is I'm working on the athletic line I I have had so many people hit me up and say dude can I get a tank top um, can I get you know and even ladies can I get you have yoga pants so that's that's something I'm really working on, and it's become it's a little more challenging than I anticipated because certain suppliers only carry certain things, and it's got to be a certain way. So that's what's coming next. Right, because speaking in excellence, you're doing everything in excellence. You want to have control over exactly. your brand. Exactly. And that's what I really emphasize and what I even try to do with my brand now is you have to have control. You do over your messaging everything every part of what you do yep. so thanks to our listeners i hope you guys have learned something today as we Absolutely. discussed yes, our did. cancel culture <laughs> and how to do it in a healthy way that's not going to drive you insane and and right. not going to just like darken your soul as i said earlier <laughs> pick your battles as with anything yes, else in life that's what i would say pick your battles some things you just let go live okay. to fight another day yeah <laughs> Absolutely. So we want you to join the conversation. You can drop a comment on our Get Happy with Jay Facebook page. You can also comment on the website. But while you're there, please comment, rate, and subscribe because you are helping to grow 
our happy brand. And as we always say, until next time, do something to make yourself happy. It's not selfish, it's self-care. Thanks again, everyone. Thanks. Thanks.